Hey everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I'm really excited about our guest this week. We have the one and only funny, handsome, paranormal investigator and author, Adam Berry. But before we bring in Adam, where's Patty? Because you know now, I don't know unless I look. If you are tuning into this the week we first drop, uh, Monday, September 18th, I probably just got back from Wisconsin and the Baraboo Inn. I did a fabulous, I'm sure it was fabulous, um, investigation and a seance and private sessions and a workshop, all in the very haunted Baraboo Inn. This next weekend, if you're going to be anywhere near Albuquerque, New Mexico, I'm going to be at um, a beautiful essential resonant essentials sorry my speaking work is coming resonant essentials in albuquerque doing workshops and amazing things and then i'm heading for massachusetts for massachusetts paracon and my friend sam baltrusis and then october hits and i've got orange county paracon which is going to be virtual so everybody can go to that one um and other than that just go to my website pattynegri.com because it gets crazy and it Things keep, October is very haunted. So things keep moving around. So the most up-to-date you will find, oh yeah, October 19th to 20, we know, Ghost Hunter Girls, come join my partner in Paraflix, Natalie Jones, and all Alicia and Sarah and Haley as we go to the Haunted Hill House. And you can come with us. So that, and then I'm headed off to mid-Michigan and I don't know where else. So pattynegri.com. And while you're there, you could skip over to Mystery Control and get some Patty Negri merch, my Spellcaster line, a spell in every outfit, or my power panties change your underwear, change your life. And they're doing really, really well. I'm really excited. Um, I've got some things to announce soon that I can't announce yet, but you just have to wait and see. Tuesday, I will be teaching my class at University Magicus, my regular magic, psychic development, mediumship, easy spell crafting, very affordable school, universitymagicus.com or magicu.org. Wednesday, where are you going to be Wednesday? You're going to be with the Witches Movie Coven, Heather, Courtney, Jason, Richard Lael, and myself are witches talking about witches in movie. We don't talk. We actually disagree with each other, but have a darn good time doing it. And we want your opinion because it's live and you get to be there too. So go on to YouTube or to my pages every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Let's talk movies. Other than that, that's where I am right here, right now with you. Hey, everybody. Guess what time it is? Yep, you guessed. It is time for the Willow Report. Where is this little puppy doing now? Today on the Willow Report, we're going to talk about dogs' noses. Yep, my dog, your dog, any dog out there. Do you know that noses are individual and no dog has the same nose? Just like our fingerprints, we have fingerprints they have nose prints. So your dog's nose, long like willows or short like a pug, is their own individual thing. The other thing about dogs' noses is they see like 40, and they don't see, they, they smell like 40 times better than we do. So dogs can smell things like four miles away, a hamburger being cooked. Yes, they can. But they can also smell things like illness. That's why a lot of dogs are like medical dogs. They'll know when their owner, maybe somebody has an epileptic seizure or something. Dogs smell so they good. 
that they could smell illness. And the other thing that they could smell is your mood. They could sense and smell if you're happy or sad. And they usually will come up to you if you're sad to try to make you happy. So think about that. If you're in a really bad mood or you're really angry and maybe somebody cut you off on the freeway and you come in angry, that's going to affect your dog. So what better reason to change your mood? Because you can. That's the Willow Report. Sniffing it out. Hey everybody, this is Patty. This week's magic lesson, I'm going to give you my easiest yet really powerful love spell. As we're getting into fall, we're getting into holidays, there's a lot of people going, oh, I do wish I had a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a whatever or a date. Love magic works. Now, I'm still a person who says don't do love magic on a certain person, but that's up to you. But there is a way to call love to your door and I mean literally. So let me give you my very easy, very powerful catnip love spell. Get some catnip. Yes, it's for good for more than cats. It's been used in love magic forever. It's actually good for a lot of things, but get yourself some catnip. Get yourself some cinnamon. I like to use cinnamon sticks, but you could use regular powder cinnamon. I want you to make yourself a nice mix. Set the cinnamon, set the catnip overnight in water, Maybe even set it out in the moon. If it's a good moon cycle, do it while it's waxing or even under a full moon is really great. But if even if you're not following the moon sail, set it overnight to get the catnip and the cinnamon all running through the water. I like to put it in a little spray bottle. So on the little spray bottle, here you have your catnip love spray. So outside your house for 21 days, I want you to spray calling in a love. Now remember with magic, you put your intent into everything, whether you're stirring the cinnamon, you know, into the water and you're putting in the catnip. I'm bringing in love. I'm bringing in love. I'm bringing in love because intent is everything. And then every day for 21 days, I want you going out in front of your door. If you have a little mat in front of your door, it could be an indoor apartment, outdoor apartment, outdoor, it doesn't matter. Spray the catnip spray in a crescent moon shape. It's lovely. It's magic. And think of a cat sitting in the crescent moon in a catnip. Spray. It could be a little crap if you're worried about smells and neighbors. It could be kind of diluted. If you are in an inner apartment, that's the one people have. If they're, it's an indoor apartment, I don't really have a, a, a outside mat. So I have to spray it on whatever is out there. Go light. Magic still works light. It's in the intent and even get a little bit out there. So spray it out for 21 days and you will bring love to your door. Maybe not literally to your door. You know, new plumber shows up, but you will bring love into your life. Maybe some cats too, but that's okay, right? <laughs> Easy. Catnip, magic. Cinnamon, love, fire, passion. 21 days. Find yourself some love. That's it. Magic is everywhere. You just have to spray it on your porch sometimes. Hey, everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to the witching hour. Yes, that hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. I have some very special magic for us today. I have the one and only Adam Berry, paranormal investigator author, star of Kindred Spirits, and so much more. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
I am so excited. I've wanted you on for a while, and but we have something new coming out. I'm sure my people all know it. Kindred Spirits for years and years. You and Amy Bruni, you've been on you know, Ghost Hunters, and just, you are one of the consummate paranormal people. We know you <laughs> that, and we know you as the funniest guy. How I've got to know you the last few years is you are the funniest guy at Michigan Paracon. You well, know. thank you. Thank so, you. But you have a new book that takes a whole beautiful new direction. So Goodbye, Hello. Uh, the whole title is Goodbye, Hello, Processing Grief and Understanding Death Through the Paranormal. Um, it was a, it's a series of ideas and topics that I have been meditating over and mulling over for, you know, 10 years. Um, it is uh, a book that I wanted to write because I felt like there was an area where people who are into the paranormal and maybe not into the paranormal could find help from the other side. Um, as you know, in Kindred Spirits, we're all about helping the dead and helping the living. And I wanted to write a ghost book that had a, a book about paranormal things that had scary stories in it, um, but not necessarily, necessarily just scary stories. I wanted it to uh, give people pause. I wanted them to have thoughts on different things. I wanted them to help them process what might happen after we've passed away. If they're dealing with any sort of grief or um, if they've lost a loved one at any point and they're, you know, trying to come to terms with that, I wanted it to be something that they could reference. Um, it's a very different book, I would say. Uh, I mean, they, the publisher was like the first of its kind. And I was like, I hope, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's one of those books where I, I wanted to write something meaningful for myself and for those that would read it. it. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is different. You do have stories. You and Amy went here and you did this and you discovered that. Um, but honestly, this is the first thing I have read that it's like, that's exactly what I believe. That's exactly <laughs> what I've experienced. And nobody else has written that. Everything from how you look at afterlife and how you reconciling religion and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Hallelujah to that. Thank you. Yeah, the religion chapter actually was very, uh, that's the one I like the most in a, in a, in a way that it touched me uh, because, you know, I, I grew up in the South. I grew up in Alabama, Southern Baptist. And obviously, you know, that growing up, you know, as a, a gay kid in the South in Alabama, going to church every Sunday, it was, it got very difficult once I understood who I was as a person and as an individual. And I think um, for me, uh, and for a lot of us who are in the paranormal community, we sort of break away from structured, organized religion in a way to create our own version of what our spirituality and beliefs are. And it's not that I just abandoned it completely. I just took the things I liked from it and added other things uh, that I also liked. Um, and so that chapter for me was, it changed the way that I think about what we do because always in the back of my mind, there was this little nagging thing that was like, well, what if I'm wrong? You know, what if all of these people that come at me all the time from that religion specifically, that are like, you're talking to demons, oh, everything you're doing is like demonic and satanic. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not true. But then it like sits, it's like, what if I am wrong, right? 
And so doing that chapter and, and talking with Matt Arnold, who is, uh, you know, a theologian and knows, uh, loves paranormal investigating, but looking at the Bible from the text, from the time it was written for the people it was written for, it, it was very eye-opening. Like, yes, the Bible talks about ghosts. Uh, they talk about psychic mediums. They talk about seeing visions and having things come to them. So this is, we're talking about something since the written word has happened, has been mentioned. And so we are okay. We are on the right path. And it sort of took this weight from me uh, in a way. Yeah. And I do think what you said, how we, the, in the paranormal, we've created this new thing. I almost say it's almost like a new religion itself because yeah. you know, I, I always say this, times are scary and times are scary. Traditionally, people would go back to their faith, whatever it is. That's like you said, not keeping up with everybody, but I'm gay, but I'm this. Yeah. Uh, so that's why the increase of more alternative, new age, paganism, witchcraft is growing faster. But I still think there's a whole group of people who, uh, they don't even, I don't want religion. I don't even want spirituality, but I want to know there's something more than I see every night on the news. So yeah. some paranormal investigators, they're going to go watch you there. And it's like, oh, there is something more than this. And then often yeah. they will backdoor and, and create a belief system or religion. And I yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what's interesting is I, I mean, what's, what's so insane to me is like all religion is connected because they all sort of speak of the same different things, but it's the way that those that control the religion use it to control the masses, right? And if you think about paganism and, and, and witchcraft, that is the oldest religion in my opinion. And everything stems from, you know, people of the earth, what they did on uh, certain times of the year, according to the sun and the moon and like, there are tons of Christian holidays that are literally set up by the astrology. So, <laughs> right. And so you can't, it, it's so weird to me that, that people would be so against something like that. Um, and I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, the paranormal and believing in ghosts and believing in intention and manifestation and creation of the, of the mind and self is something that uh, people uh, really, you, they have faith in it. They believe in it. They go and listen to other people talk about it. They learn new things. They share ideas. And if that's not a religion, I don't know what is. I think we should all apply for like some really awesome 501c3 status yeah. and get that tax-free money. There you now, go. Let's just, let's just create <laughs> something. The Church of Patty Negree. The Church yeah, of Negree, right? I don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> we could call that it something is, fancy. Huh? That would be funny. Okay, I'm five, five. But no, I actually, um, my grandfather was a big philosopher coming from a very atheist perspective. I come from every religion has its truth. Because like you said, they're all the same. The names have been changed and it's like a different template. And then of course, man has changed it to control. They took out reincarnation from Christianity in the 1500s. I, the clearest thing that I've ever saw is um, the ancient Sumerian, which we're going way back to the mm. And believed you kind of believed you kind of went to the heaven you believed in almost more yeah. like the matrix and that's kind right. of what you led into in in your book yeah i mean i think that's such a wonderful and beautiful and non-scary idea right because i grew up in a in a in a religion where it's one or the other it's black or white it's a or b it's heaven or hell right and it's you better do this or this will happen um and i think you know, a, a beautiful idea is what if the place that we go after this one, the next journey is created by our journey here, right? So 
yes, if you are a murderer and you kill all these people and you go to jail and like, that's going to set up your karmic vibe for the next journey and the next experience. So maybe it will be terrible, right? Maybe it will not be what you need it to be. But then if you approach life with love and understanding and compassion and you try your best, I know it is hard. Trust me, it's hard. I've been on the internet. And you try to be nice and you try to do your best and you create really great relationships with people and, uh, um, and the world around you. I think that will absolutely enhance your next journey. And maybe it is your heaven. Maybe it is you will see all of your friends and family again um, if that's what you want and that's what you believe. Yeah, no, I think it's fabulous. So um, how much of your, did you, so you were on these investigations and you were discovering this and meeting spirits and all that. Right. What Was that just your inspiration itself? Go like, wow, we have to go here with this? Well, you mean for the book itself? Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of different things, right? So when I was meditating, First off, this was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. The writing this book was like the hardest thing I've ever done. And you know what it's like to write a book. And I was like, I don't know. I was like pulling my hair out and like yeah. holding my face. Um, and I think when I was, uh, you know, meditating on like different parts of the chapter, the story in the intro where uh, this lady came up to me at an event like 12 years ago now, I think. And it was a ghost hunters event at Otisaga, uh, at the Otisaga Hotel. And we had just done a panel and you know, at panels, they ask, what's the scariest thing you've ever experienced? They ask about the show and she came up to me and you know, I was expecting one of those kind of questions. And she said, I have a question for you. And I said, absolutely. And she said, I have a terminal illness and I have been given, you know, a couple of weeks left to live. Um, how can I reach out to my family after I've passed away? And it hit that statement hit me so hard because a the the entertainment that people usually seek from us the the entertainment that people get from us sort of melted away in an instant and this woman's uh existence in front of me is is going to end and she needs advice and i could not give it to her um, I, I just, I, I didn't know. And, uh, you know, that came up while I was writing this book and I was like, oh my God, that was the spark. That was the first time where I felt like I needed to look at what we were doing a bit more intensely from a human perspective. Mm -hmm. And it was around this sort of the same time, Amy and I, uh, you know, went to Waverly Hills and the that Ghost Hunters episode where the nurses were knocking you know, that was the catalyst for us wanting to do more than just verify a haunt. We wanted to find out why they were there and what their purpose was and can we help them? And so it, it went hand in hand. So, you know, that was the spark uh, that just kind of hit away a little bit. And, you know, those ideas form through experience and it would come up every once in a while. And I, you know, and I would find connections in that. And, um, and I think, uh, in the end, we all up in the, the same way. And so why not discuss the different options and outcomes that could be uh, to better understand our own mortality and to pro help process the grief of losing someone or a friend or a pet that you love so much, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, now this woman will have this book. And I don't think time and space really exist the way we see it. So she'll have it anyway, even if she's on the other yeah. side. Well, that brings up a good point. I mean, the... um. Uh, 
the the dream visitation chapter with my friend Yvette and she talks about like years and years ago she told me the story about her friend uh who came uh to her in the dream a couple of times and she delivered the message to the family um like that even that right like the idea that his story is now in the book and other people are going to read about it. Um, The fact that all of her friends will know about the story that she has that hopefully will give them comfort. And here's something that nobody knows, because I know you've read that chapter, chapter 10 about the dreams. So I recorded the audio book for this, right? So when you get the audio book, it'll be my voice. I recorded it in Arlington, which is outside of Boston, at a little studio. And the guy that was recording the the producer for the audiobook um, is around my age. And we started talking because I went to school at the Boston Conservatory. He went to Berkeley. We went to school almost at the exact same time. So we had a lot of similarities. We ate at the same place. We talked about the same friends, the same things. And one day we had finished a recording session and we were getting to that chapter. And I said, and he couldn't continue the book because he had something else he needed to do. Somebody was stepping in and I said to him, you know, I really wish you could be here for the next chapter because the story of my friend Yvette and her friend who went to Berkeley and played music and um, I changed his name, you know, for the sake of, of uh, you know, his family and, and whatever. And he looks dead me dead in the face and says the real name of the friend. And I said, yes, that's his name. And he says, that was my best friend. He was like, he was supposed to play my wedding two weeks after he died. Like he died and then two weeks later he got married. He was supposed to play at my wedding, but he passed away. And I was like, do you know my friend Yvette? And he was like, I don't know her, but he ran in different circles. And I was like, and then I told him the story. He went home and read the chapter and he writes back to me. He's like, I'm going to finish the book out for you because I want it to be done correctly for my friend. And he said, we had all of those questions, did not have any of those answers. So an entire sect of friends now know this dream that she had. And he would have never picked up this book. He would have never, if I wasn't sitting in his studio recording it, he would have never picked up the book. He would have never got the message. So what does that tell you? I mean, his friend who had passed away, not only went to Yvette and now this story, this story's in the book when tons of other people are going to learn about it, but his other side of friends now know all the story because that guy did the audio recording with me. It's, it's bonkers to me. And the odds on that would be impossible. Impossible. In all the world. That's impossible. And so when you're talking about like, maybe that's the way that she, maybe she's reading the book now, maybe she actually is. Maybe that was the setup, you know? It's like, it's so bizarre to me. It it it, it blows my mind, uh, the, the synchronicities that have already happened in the books, not even out. So I can't wait for people to read it and see what else happens. Oh yeah, this is gonna be one of the first books I really do write. Cause be- being a medium, everybody's obsessed with their dead loved ones and things. And it's, mm-hmm. again, it's, it, that's what they're vulnerable. That's the hard things. And And it's interesting, people do often say like, what's the code word? We set up a code word. And, yeah. and, and well, okay, somebody do it. But um, it, this is going to be, it's just really great. I want to start how I first got on the book when you were f- first writing it about Gettysburg was so influential to you. I have this obsession with Gettysburg. I do not know why. I'm not big on history. I'm not big on war. I have never been there and there's no reason I've never been there or invited or done a hunt there. 
And then I started reading, what is it about Gettysburg? You know, I, I don't know. I, I think that, well, first off, my first thing that comes to mind is past life stuff, right? Like maybe yeah. there's some past life uh, stuff that are in there. And I, you know, I talk about, um, you know, a psychic told me once long before I was, you know, doing any of this, you know, she was like, you were a revolutionary war soldier that was left for dead in the winter and you die. And I was like, that's very interesting because it matched up a lot of the habits and things that I liked at, at the time. So, you know, my first, my first thought is maybe past life, but I think, you know, when you talk about uh, Gettysburg, I knew, I don't know what it is. I think Gettysburg shows itself to each person in an, in, in an, uh, their own individual way. Right. I, I went to Gettysburg because I was on tour for a theater show and I knew that they had a ghost tour and I loved ghosts and I was like obsessed with like just the whole thing. And so I was like, I want to go on this tour. And, you know, Gettysburg decided to show itself to me in a way that I was changed completely, like changed from a molecular standpoint. Yeah. Um, and I it needed to happen because again, somebody or something or the world or the universe knew something I did not know. And it was like, no, 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 this might, you might think your destiny is this, but this, it's actually this. And this is how it begins. So um, I, I know a lot of people go to Gettysburg to have an experience and they don't have one, you know? And I think it's, it's it, I think you have to be at the right place, the right time and the right mindset. Um, but I also think, you know, it's, it's history. It's history and it's, uh, something that this country went through, you know, not long ago, let's be perfectly honest. And Gettysburg has an energy that is hard to shake. Yeah. Even if you, I mean, you've, you've never been to Gettysburg. Isn't that weird? It's That's like, bizarre. I'm, Patty. I've been Gettysburg. everywhere. Not Gettysburg. Get on a plane. <laughs> I know. I know. I have to get, <laughs> get on a plane. I'm going and Wow. And right. land yourself. I, and now I look at it like, why haven't I gone? Now am I not supposed to go? But I think I am. I just it's... here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, okay, I know you and I've known you for years. You are a strong individual, no matter what, right? Yeah. I think there's a purpose. I think when you are there, you're gonna figure out what that is. And I don't necessarily I mean, if it's a like when people are people are like, it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's gonna, you're gonna find out what it is and it'll be, it'll make itself known. But I need you get there. I need you to go. Okay, I need a I'm picture going. All right, of you I'm, there. I'm booking my flight. I'm gonna get, I'll send you <laughs> pictures going, look it, I made it. And yes. this happened. <laughs> ah, um, I, I will, yeah, that's, and now it's even weirder that I still haven't been there. <laughs> so now I, I will, I will resolve that. But then you'll make it a point. Three. So, um, all right, go back to your book. I love that you have a chapter on ghosts perspective on things and who better than you who's been in the paranormal. How did that come about? <laughs> um, I, well, it's one of those chapters that seemed necessary, right? Cause paranormal investigators always talk about what I know, what I'm doing, how I feel. And I, I really wanted to get uh, I wanted those that don't know ghosts at all, that maybe aren't into the paranormal or don't investigate ghosts or watch ghost shows. I wanted them to understand from the spirit's perspective what they might be dealing with, right? Um, and it, it, seemed, uh, it seemed like an important chapter because 
you talk about this. I mean, when we encounter spirits and I'm sure when you're, um, you know, doing readings and if you encounter loved ones or, or, or in uh, haunted places and you encounter spirits, the, the, the human connection, connection, conversation, understanding, uh, uh, compassion, all of those things that are human traits are, are still there. They still exist. Um, and I think uh, that chapter was important to, to be there so that uh, A, everyone could understand that, that it's humanistic traits. We're all the same, even if we've passed away um, mm -hmm. and still have to communicate. There's want, there's need, there's desire, there's love, there's friendship. Um, and it's just a bit harder for them to communicate. So when things happen in your house or things you don't understand or can't explain, you don't have to jump to conclusion that it's going to be the worst thing in the world. It's no, no, no. They want the same thing you want. Um, so I, I think it was important to make sure that uh, we set the groundwork of who we're actually talking about when we talk about spirits and, and ghosts. Good. Yeah, because I, I even like because I did this like three days ago with somebody. Yeah. They were like, my mom is haunting my house. She's not haunting. She's visiting. Yeah. There's a difference. Good. Haunting sounds. You should be like, you should be like, did you, have you made anything recently that she would make all the time? And did you mess it up? Was <laughs> it terrible? Did it taste terrible? And is she pissed at you about it? Simple. You know, it's like, yeah, I know. And spirits, it's so funny because everybody gets all mystical, but spirits can be so practical about that. That yeah. you too much salt, not enough salt. I literally, I think the most touching thing that I got, um, this young guy had passed away, leaving a young wife and a young kid. Um, I'm working with her and, and they sat there with his iPhone and they didn't have the code and all a hundred thousand pictures that we all right. have. He literally gave me the code and, there's pictures. Practicality. That's practicality. Amazing. in your thing and here, open the iPhone. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That is, that's truly amazing. And I think once people realize that, um, you know, when those that visit us, whether they're related or not, uh, make contact, there's always a reason. There's a reason. And sometimes it's a really desperate reason. And sometimes it's just, I need to give you my password because you know, you need to have access to my phone and the information that we have. And I think once, uh, I think if people would just do that more often, thinking about spirits and ghosts, there would be less stigma around what we do. And, and uh, uh, there would be more um, celebration, I think, uh, yeah. when something like that happens. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. So <laughs> as, as we're, as we're going like, into the future, and we're talking about you know, phones and cell phones, I, I think, and technology is going and science sort of is catching up with spirituality with all yeah. the sciences and stuff. So are we going to actually figure all this out? Is there going to be something or is this always going to be the mystery? I, I don't know. And I think that's the fun of it, yeah. right? I think what I love, uh, there's one thing that I talk about in the book uh, where um, how, it, it seems like we're, uh, everyone's connected a little bit more psychically, if that makes sense. There was, there's that, um, the idea of uh, near-death experience where a part of your brain opens up and they know that it's, it's that, like literally gamma waves. It's, it's it, your brain is actively functioning. Something is happening. It's not just shutting down. It is something has been unlocked, and you are experiencing something that is tangible and real. 
Um, and I and I make the case of like maybe that's what psychics have access to. Maybe they've been able, uh, uh, by, through evolutionary measures and working on their own spiritual self, have sort of unlocked that little part of the brain that's that's locked up until we reach the end, and they have access to it. And I think that is I can't. I mean, I I throwing that theory out there, right? It's just a theory, but. It makes sense to me. It just, it seemed like it makes sense. And there are more and more, um, you know, people that are legitimate psychics uh, that are coming out of the woodworks because they don't have to hide anymore. They don't have to feel afraid about uh, what they're doing and who they're talking to. They they don't have to be shamed or stigmatized. And I think um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes, right? And then with technology, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a, there, like I said in the book, I think there are parts of the afterlife that we cannot fully grasp or comprehend. Like there are no words to describe it. There are no visuals to give you. Yes, we think about beautiful fields and sunsets and if that's your idea of heaven, but, um, but really can we explain it? And I, and that like my friend uh, who came back in a dream to Yvette said, it's, it's not for you to know because it's so powerful that I can't physically describe it to you in words. It just is, right? And so maybe there's a reason why we haven't, you know, gotten to that place quicker of us just well, knowing 100%. And maybe um, it's not for us to know because if we did know, uh, I think maybe people wouldn't care about their life here as much. They'd be like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. We know what happens next. Get me out of here. You know, it's like, um, I think it helps us live day to day and it helps us uh, really appreciate the here and now, not knowing, even though I do want to know so bad, right? I want to know a hundred percent. But I I think it helps us as a human species to not know. Uh, And I'm okay with that for now. Yeah, I agree. It, it, and it's about the quest. It's so we want to know. We we love what mm-hmm. we don't know. And then we find out it's like, oh, you know, so many yeah. <laughs> in life. So I I agree with you there as well. Um, you could you but what if we show up and it's just like a like a, a bath and body works? <laughs> and we just show up and we're like, what? This is it? We're all just in bath and and each scent is like a person that we know. And we're like, I don't know. What if it's something stupid like a target? We're like, we're all in Target shopping for the funny. rest of our lives. That would be funny. <laughs> well, I remember what affected me, what, the movie was 30 years ago. The, the Shirley, it was a Shirley, Mac, no, it was a Meryl Streep movie. I forget the name of it, but it was like about afterlife. And I think it was Albert Brooks. It was really funny. And it was, um, mm. yeah, it was a Meryl Streep. And then Shirley MacLaine t- went on because that was those was Shirley MacLaine. And it was the funniest thing I ever saw. And I go, oh my God, it's probably really like that. You know, the dead people coming in little buses to go up. Um, Defending Your Life is the name. My producer, Rob, just put that. Defending, Defending Your Life. I love that. I love that. There have been so many, there's been so many, like what? Uh, what's that uh, Robin Williams movie, What Dreams May Come or... <laughs> Or something, isn't it like? Isn't that what it's called? Where he passes it's, and he sees, like that movie too is. A, I think that there's just like we look at the old science fiction and that all became into reality. I think we're gonna look at some of these old afterlife movies and go, "Oh my God, she had it right." Yeah. 
you know. I, I'm I'm personally hoping it's like Beetlejuice, where we have to take a number. Me too. And, and, and like wait, and we're like, what number do you get? You know. Um, well, before we go, this is great. Any, any, okay. If somebody's before we get there, a reason to give them to get your book. If somebody's dealing with grief, which everybody does at some point, yeah. and they're going now, they're not knowing how to die. Is there any one thing before they can even get your book next week that you would suggest for somebody, an idea, a thought? Hmm. I mean, I, 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 well, first and foremost, we had to be very careful writing this book because I did not want to make a book where I'm telling someone how to grieve. Right. Um, I, I didn't want it to be like we are telling you how to grieve because that's so personal that, that you, you cannot tell someone how to grieve. Um, but I wanted to sprinkle in new ideas and new thoughts that may help them on their journey of grief. Right. To the next thing. So uh, I think it's important for anyone watching this that, that might have gone through a loss or or gone through something is to know that it is a journey and know that each day is one day at a time. And you can sit with a thought of someone, and yes, it could be very, very sad, but be okay in that sadness for a minute because it's okay to mourn that person. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to not be okay, right? Yeah. Um, and then know that there is an end to it. So it's you know, be sad and then go, oh, but you know, we had really great times. Focus on the positive. Um, you know, make sure you have a support system with friends. Um, and if you don't, uh, if you like don't believe in ghosts and don't believe in spirits, I think uh, you can open your mind up a little bit more to the what if, right? Just what if, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to believe in it 100%, just what if. What if it gets a little bit easier because you think, oh, you know, there, I did feel them earlier today. Or I thought about like, sometimes I think about, uh, you know, my grandmother out of nowhere, just like out of nowhere. And it's triggered by something and I have no idea what it is, but it makes sense to me. And yeah, I get a little sad, but I'm also like, oh, she's saying hi. You know, it's like, it's flipping it into a positive and knowing that they could possibly be there with you at times. Um, uh, but hopefully everyone, uh, will be able to get the book and and sort of uh, learn from it and continue their own journey, whether they're grieving or not, you know. So it's available next week, right? You can pre-order now. Um, yeah. So tell me. Pre-order now. Yeah, pre-order now. Anywhere books are sold and available, it drops. I like it drops next week uh, on the 26th, along with the audiobook and the Kindle version too. Okay. And you have something else coming up this next week or something? Um yeah, Jericho. Um, so, uh, well, lots of things are happening. So I, uh, so this is the 18th. So the um, this weekend I will be in Wisconsin um, at the Jericho uh, Convent Church and School uh, with Fox Valley Ghost Hunters. They're also doing a big uh, convention uh, at the Glen Beulah School at the same time. So I think I'm going to be there. Dave Schrader, Jason Hawes. Nice. I think Sherry will be there. Um, but uh, at night, you can join me uh, and the Fox Valley Ghost Hunters to investigate uh, the Jericho School tickets. VIP tickets and tickets are available at adamberryevents.com. There are a ton of events coming up in September and October and November, and they're all listed there, adamberryevents.com. And you can join me 
Um, or just like go to the website and look at what you're not going to come to because <laughs> it's too far away from you. Um, but like maybe in the future, you know, I'm, we're always putting up new things and Amy has her strange escapes company and there's always new events being announced. And, um, so you can catch us somewhere for sure. Yes. Well, thank you so much. You guys check out this book. I'm the long title. Goodbye. Hello. And processing grief and understanding death through the paranormal. And look at that author. That's an author face. That's a beautiful author. That is great. So I'll see you in Gettysburg. So Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for truly bringing your magic to the witching hour. Thank you. Thank you for everyone for watching and supporting Patty. She's amazing.